podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Manchester United Redcast is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. You're here with the Redcast, but we are here without our club captain, without our talisman, without our leader, one Mr. Eddie Nesta. Again, unfortunately, restricted to the stands or, uh, as is ultimately rumoured, possibly rehab. But uh, we, we wish him well. In the meantime, we are going to plough on. Let's be honest, we're going to struggle on without our on-field maestro, but we'll do our very best. I am joined by a brand new member of the Redcast squad. The scouting the scouting uh, team has no doubt performed, performed wonders once again. I'm joined by one Louis Wakefield. Hello, yeah, always nice to know you're a last-minute stand-in. Cheers. You are. Well done, well done. You've come on. You're going to be an impact substitute here. I should also stress to listeners that I am somewhere in the north of England and Louis is somewhere in the southeast of England. So uh, it, it, it's a very awkward first date indeed. Um, before we start, I should really give us a quick message from our sponsors. I should remind you all that uh, for a deposit of £5, you can get £20 worth of free bets at Ladbrokes. For this, you need to go to bet.unitedredcast.com. All right, Louis, well, I think the inevitable place to start is obviously with the weekend, with the 4-0 victory over Everton. There was a wonder strike from Valencia, but it was a strange game, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting one, really. It's kind of almost a classic Mourinho. It was really a 1-0 if you look at it. But then uh, you've mm. got the cheeky three goals added in at the end, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the Valencia strike was something to behold. I mean, it's pretty fair to say he's never going to score a better goal again, is he? I don't think he'd ever score a better goal before either. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. Well, he's not the only no, He's not known as a uh, prolific goal uh, scorer, to put it politely. You know, it's, but it's been a it, it's been a remarkable turnaround for him, hasn't it? In the last last eighteen months, really. I mean, he, he essentially was brought in as as cover at right back, simply because we had no one else to fill that position. And yeah. all credit to the man; he's made it. It's made it his own, hasn't he? Completely. I mean, yeah. Look at his days at Wigan. Even he wasn't even a right back then. But you know, yeah. we've uh, we've made a long term solution out of a short term solution. Really, I mean, that's what's happened if you look at it. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah, he's he's, he's, he's fitted into that. You can't really imagine him playing playing anywhere else now. Of course, we bought him as a winger, but he's been actually born to play that position. And if, if anything, now of course it's the left hand side where we we thought we were we were going to be strong, and if it's more where probably the question marks are in the medium term of who's going to seize that that side. Yeah, completely. I mean, you look at that and you think, not quite worked out the same with Ashley Young, has it? No. Um, I think I think, he, I think even Ashley's more generous uh, advocates would say that, yeah, it's, it, he, he probably hasn't nailed down that position as yet. He was he was okay, I suppose, at the week. But he, he more looks like a player, you could argue, is possibly filling in a gap there, rather Valencia looks like a man who really just it looks like the real McCoy. I think the point, it's also fair to say, you say, Louis, that the um, in terms of the substitutions, they work pretty well again. Our man Mourinho is very good with those, isn't he? Yeah, it seemed to have worked out right. Um, I think what was even more interesting is, is their substitutions, to be honest. As soon as Rooney yeah. came off the pitch, and you see how that affected them, with him being the only one really trying to grab at the game on their behalf. Yeah, yeah. And it was, I mean, how did you feel? I mean, it was obviously, I mean, uh, Rooney was inevitably trying to play it down. It was a big occasion for him, no doubt. Uh, returning after he spent more than a dozen years at our place, coming back, coming back there. How how did you think the old boy performed? 
I, you know what? He did better than he did with his final days at us, didn't he? So you've got to give credit to him where credit's due. And he was the one who kind of came out and looked like he was going to get them back in the game at the beginning of the second half. I have to say, yeah, I have to agree. I mean, he looked the way he was, he was, he was playing at sort of number, number 10 well pretty effectively. And I think he enjoyed clashing into Phil Jones a couple of times as well, from yeah. what I saw. But I don't... But, it's not. I think seeing him, I don't think we felt. Oh my goodness, we let him go too soon, though. Surely, did we? No, I don't. And I think there's still going to be that debate going on. Is he a number nine? Is he a number ten? He's dropping too deep. He's not got the pace up front, and that's something Everton are struggling with this season anyway, with a lack of pace up front. So I think you know he hit the he hit the ground running there, but I think it's definitely a case of called it at the right time. Yeah, I I, I think so. As you say, that that side wasn't blessed with a huge amount of pace. Although I have to say, um, early on, of course, it looked like we were going to dominate. You saw the possession stats early on. It was Manchester United, you say, completely all over them. And you did have a sense that this could be, this, this could be a big win for us, but in terms of we could, we could be 3-0 up by half-time. We had that real sense about it early on. And then something seemed to happen. The tide seemed to turn. Everton got their act together. Everton started to give us all manner of problems. Could have easily scored, of course. And I wonder what that was about United. Why we why we why we let things go? Was it because Pogba wasn't in the midfield running things? I don't know the answer, but it was it was it was noticeable, wasn't it? That we did we lost our grip on the match. Yeah, completely. As you say, we we could have killed it off early. And you look at that Lukaku chance on twenty five. I mean, he, he's just an interesting one as it is, isn't he, Lukaku? He's got mm. five and five in the league, and I think it's seven and seven in all competitions. And you look at him, and you think you look at those stats, and you think. Man, that's he's he's absolutely killing it. But then, just sometimes, he just you think if he was in Jack Wilshere's body, would he be a professional footballer? I mean, aside from <laughs> aside from the Mkhitaryan, you know, beautiful little assist at the end, it's really you do find yourself questioning that first touch, don't you? You certainly do. I think the, the jury is out there, and I think I think there was there were reservations among Manchester United fans you know, when, 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 the, when it was announced uh, I certainly was debated on, on this show as well that there was a feeling yeah he's obviously a, a proven marksman but was he is he of, the, is he of that high end calibre is, is he that guy who can play at the very top level at Champions League essentially or playing against a tight game against a Manchester City or a Chelsea is he going to flourish in those matches we'll have to see I mean so far I mean, he's, he's pretty much done everything that's on the tin so far hasn't he as you say his goal tally has been excellent, but there are elements of the game that are still, to put it politely, work in progress. Oh yeah, completely. I think, you know, you, you can't fault him at the moment. You look at his stats and they are brilliant, but then you mm. watch him and if you don't watch just the highlights, you watch the full match, you think, yeah, he's got 7-7. Seven and seven. Could he have 14-7, and seven, you know? Yeah, yeah. And of course, we will have that very interesting uh, dilemma a little further down the line when a big Swedish gentleman comes back to fitness as well. I mean, I, I, can, I can imagine them coming on, obviously those sort of emergency situations when one is coming on as a sub and they're both on the field. But really, you imagine you know, further down the line, that'll be a, a choice of one or the other when it comes to starting a game, surely. Yeah, you can't really see at this moment in time how they'd work together. You've got, it's almost, you know what it reminds me of, uh, Mourinho's early days at Chelsea, or well, actually his last days at Chelsea are the first stint, let's say, with uh, Shevchenko mm-hmm. and Drogba, two brilliant strikers. Shevchenko seemed to be at his peak at that time when he signed. Yeah. And then, but you just don't see how it's going to mesh. 
And uh, it's very similar here. You've got two big names and, you know, Drogba was a lone wolf. And, you know, mm. very much the same with both of these names now. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think it's the way the egos are going to be managed there as well, because if Lukaku keeps scoring, he quite understandably will feel, well, I am the top dog here. And would obviously find it, I think, very hard to get his head around the idea of then having to make way for Zlatan. But this is Zlatan we're talking about. It may be, you know, old man Zlatan now who's been around the block a few times, but that is not a man who strikes me as someone who wants to be on the periphery of a team and, and possibly wouldn't take kindly to the idea. No, he's not one to settle on his laurels, is he? I think you'll find as well no. what he does for us globally is just off the charts, so it just yeah, makes sense yeah. on every single side of the pitch. No, quite. Um, again, uh, to bring up the, the issue of one Anthony Martial, yes, it was a penalty that he scored, but he's, he's come up again off the bench. He has scored again. He made an impact again it's an interesting one with him, isn't it? Because possibly when he started, he hasn't quite had the same effect. Yeah, completely. It's uh, how do you solve a problem like Marshall? I mean, um, yeah. he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a really great player. And you look at that that goal in pre-season, that footwork, the intricacy, you know, there have been a few hotter Manishan prospects since he's uh, made his way to us. But, I, you know, I rate him. I think he's absolute quality. My only worry is that will he get given the run in the team that he needs to uh, to hit that next level and develop? And I'm not sure he will with us. I mean, he's a classic Arsenal signing through and through for his next stop, if you ask me. Oh, I know that. Yeah, don't say it. Yeah, that, that, that's an ominous thought. But yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. And it's been a strange couple of seasons for him. Obviously, early on, he was quite a salvation for us when he arrived. Difficult season last season. Now he's doing it in flashes. We we can only hope because, as you say, I think he's a, he's a fantastic player. And if we can get him to a consistent level, we could really reap the rewards of that. Well, I should say we're going to have to, a very quick break, but please do not run away because we will be coming back uh, very, very shortly indeed where we'll inevitably be talking about Manchester United and the Champions League, something we couldn't do last season. So we should revel in that novelty once more. We're going to talk about Basel. We're going to talk about what our prospects are, possibly in the Champions League. And maybe the most importantly of all, a certain hamstring to one Mr. Paul Pogba. We'll be back right in, right in a minute. The Manchester United Redcast is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. OK, welcome back. I am joined by our, our new uh, signing, uh, Louis Wakefield. Here for the first time. How you think it's gone? You've been a good, solid performance so far, Louis. I think you've, you've, you've really risen to the challenge. I see you as a good attacking midfielder in our lineup. Oh, thanks very much. You can't tell, but I'm blushing. You know, I'm just glad. Yeah, you know. I just uh... here. I'm here to big you up. I'm here the one to put my arm around you and big you up at this stage. Yeah, I, it's like Marshall. You've started really well, but now you've just don't don't fall off. You know, don't fall away. We need we need you to have another a consistent second half. Yeah, well, what so can we I want... say? You, uh, you yeah, hope I'm not a confidence player like Mkhitaryan. Exactly, exactly, exactly. We will start, I think, with 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 Basel, and it was a, a welcome return to the Champions League, and uh, you know a good a good solid performance. Obviously, an excellent result, plus three on the goal difference. How did you feel it went? Yeah, I thought it was a kind of great performance all round. You just want to steady the ship as soon as you're back in the competition because you look at yeah. even Liverpool when they dropped out of the competition. Brendan Rodgers, just, it, you could see the difference despite that squad of players, Gerrard, etc. 
all mm. their experience in it. It does just seem to be something else. It was the same when City first got into the competition. They had so many experienced players, even in that in the Champions League. But there's something about a club going back into it that just seems to affect people in the squad. Yeah, and it's been, absolutely it took Manchester United a long time to work out how to be successful in Champions League. I think people forget that. You know, there were a good few seasons where we, 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 we had to learn the hard way as well, but it did. It did really feel like we hadn't been away. It was a, a very satisfying performance. I think Mourinho got his tactics right. He, and also, though, he, he gave the, the, his team a bit of grief afterwards. He said he wasn't entirely happy. He felt that we'd controlled it up until two 0 Then he accused us of playing fantasy football. Maybe it's a good thing because he's just he's keeping people on their toes. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, Mourinho, he, he, he's going to come out with those kind of comments, isn't he, anyway? I mean, this, yeah. the same with, you know, the match on the weekend. He's he's going for the diplomatic route, but saying we flattered to deceive. But, you know, back in the day, you'd hear a Mourinho, we put four balls in the net, so it's four goals, so I don't see the problem kind of thing. So yeah. he's, he's, he, he keeps the players on their toes, definitely. And, you know, he, he, he'll, you know, blindside the journalists when he feels like it. Yeah, he's always one to to play the games in that regard, isn't he? And actually, on that subject, I suppose, I mean, again, with the Paul Pogba situation, he's really giving very little away. There's alarming talk of that hamstring injury keeping him out for 12 weeks. Mourinho saying, look, honestly, we're not sure. It could be as little as 12 days. Who knows? But we're obviously all waiting with bated breath for that one. I mean, very well, you could strongly argue now our most important player and locks doors like you know no other midfielder can, certainly in our team. How do you mean Manchester United without Pogba is, 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 is a worrying thought, surely? It is, it's a hard one to get the side ticking when you lose someone like that. He's not an mm. out-and-out creative player. He's not an assist maker, but he does. He just keeps that flow going and he can drop deep and he's a proper box-to-box. That's what he is. I think you've got to start relying more on kind of Mkhitaryan, getting him back in the side and up and running consistently. Yeah. Um, because you really do need that that eye for a pass when you lose someone like Pogba. Yeah, and it's, I mean, that Pogba's undoubtedly benefited from the arrival of Matic. I mean, the balance of the whole midfield this season has just looked so much more convincing. I mean, Herrera put in a great shift last season, but it was always like, felt like we were plugging gaps. The balance wasn't there. Matic, I'd argue, really has been sort of the linchpin as a defensive midfielder, as, as allowed Pogba to flourish. And, obviously, and Mkhitaryan, obviously, is linked in very well with Pogba as well. So it's... it's it's frustrating because it, for the first time in a while, I thought that that looked like a really good functioning Manchester United midfield that was fit for purpose. And Matic and Pogba were forming a really good partnership and now it's broken up. So I, I suppose we've just got to hope that he gets back to fitness as soon as possible and we could get 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 that uh, get that double act running again. Yeah, completely. Like you said, it was just it was that perfect balance, wasn't it? And you just want them to get yeah. more games together and build that understanding. I think with Herrera... He did a fantastic job, but he one he doesn't have the physicality of Matic, no. and two he's you can tell when there's a player getting played in that hole who's not been doing it their whole career and does a great job at standing in, but they don't want to be there. There's just that little yeah. bit of difference. Matic wants to do what he has to do and sit just yeah. in front of the defence. Herrera was doing it because he just learned how to, and he, we needed it done. Yeah. And uh, now, of course, there is that interesting debate. We have, essentially, there are three players 
who can who can fill the the, the position that uh, Pogba's left absent. Obviously, we've just spoken about one Herrera. Obviously, Fellaini, who I know that I'm, I'm guilty of this, as many United fans, I've been very critical of him in my time. I have to say, you know, against Basel, in particular, I thought he played very well, very effective when he came on. And then, of course, we have that Michael Carrick is still wrapped up with a blanket up in the stands as well. So we, we, we do have our options there. Fellaini at the moment seems to be maybe ahead of the pecking order. But Herrera, of course, got, uh, had a decent game when he came on at the weekend. Maybe it'll be interesting to see who Mourinho opts for over the coming weeks should be, heaven forbid, Pogba out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting. You pick up the papers the other day and you never thought you'd read the title of Mourinho saying, we missed Fellaini. But that's <laughs> exactly what happened against Stoke, wasn't it? And, you know, he's he's turning into... I mean, when his contract got renewed again, that was another... At the time, I was a bit surprised, but they're just... All the managers fall for him. Every time you think they're going to flog him, they decide that they fall in love with him instead. Mourinho, Van Gaal, it just happens. Yeah. He is quite an enigma, though, on one level, because if you say to most people, what's Mourinho, uh, what is Fellaini's position? I think you'd, you'd struggle. I, I, Thierry Henry on the television the other day, they asked him, and he said, oh, oh he's, uh, he, he just wants to be a holding midfielder. I'm thinking, well, I've, 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 to be honest, I've rarely seen that. Uh, is he, you know, sometimes he likes to play ten, the other more attacking midfield role. He's nobody I think can really settle where he plays. I mean, he's the sort of guy who can come on and inflict utter chaos on opponents, which is obviously a welcome thing. But I've, I've, I've still to this day sort of struggle to get to grips with quite where his ideal position is. Yeah, it's it's yeah, that is completely true, and I think that mainly comes from you know his days at Everton, whereby. He, you know, he should have been playing that defensive midfield role because of his physicality and kind of what he was doing at standard Liège before, I think it was. But he, um, he was just—he's so technically gifted that he ended up filling in the kind of attacking midfielder role as well. And that's almost what you saw with Yaya Toure getting signed from Barca to City and being a kind of, you know, even playing centre back in his last days under Pep. But he, um, he yeah. he's so good that they they pushed him forward and he ends up filling in that hole behind the strikers. I will say one thing though about Fellaini: he's definitely not a centre forward like Van Gaal seemed to think. Oh my goodness, no! I mean that that was a, a dark time to put it politely when we were reduced to that. And I mean, I have to say when we are, I mean. Look, at the end of the day, you saw where he finished in the table with, 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 with that sort of approach. So I don't think that's the way forward. But I think the argument now is where the, whether Fellaini can really be considered a potential start or really is his real strength coming on as an impact player and, as, as I said earlier, causing that sort of mayhem on teams, uh, which, uh, which we've, we've seen obviously in abundance recently. Is that is that the best use of him? Or is, in fact, are we are we sort of... Selling him short, does he deserve? Does he deserve a, a starting uh, position more often? You know, lots of other clubs, I think he would, but he does that yeah. role so well. And if he's happy to do it for United, then I think that's absolute solution, isn't it? I think so for now. I think so for now. And I don't say even some of his harshest critics right now would have to say I don't think we're going to be selling him anytime soon. Louis, thank you so much for your sparkling debut. And uh, I think we got through a lot there. Uh, we will now have to move on and uh, just leaves me to say to you all, Eddie Nesta may be back at some point, but don't catch your breath. But in the meantime, keep your fingers crossed. For goodness sake, pray for that hamstring, for that Frenchman of ours. And most importantly of all, come on, you Reds! This is a Playback Media production. 
Get all the associated links for this podcast at unitedredcast.com. The Manchester United Redcast is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Sports Social Podcast Network.